Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Firearms Cafe. I'm your host, Tony Brown. Today is Sunday, the 8th of February, 2009. Today's show is going to be a little bit of a shorter one. Uh, I got a response in from Matt Long over at Gun Rights News Podcast. Uh, for those of you guys that are either new to this show or new to the network, um, Matt had a podcast, uh, and he is a, uh, a, a Gun Rights Radio Network member. Um, he had a podcast called Gun Rights News, and unfortunately, just due to life events and things of that nature, he's kind of had to take a sabbatical from that. Um, but he is planning on coming back, uh, hopefully, uh, relatively soon and uh, being able to resume his show. Um, anyway, Matt, I had gotten in contact with him and asked him if he'd want to uh, participate with the questions. He said, yeah, and so he sent me his uh, his responses. So I'll go ahead and play that for you. Um, after that, I got a few things to talk about, and uh, then I'll pop in the contact info, and uh, that'll pretty much be it for today. So without further ado, here is... Uh, Matt's responses to the questions. Okay, so I wanted to record this audio for you, Tony, for the Firearms Cafe. And um, you'd asked for, for answers to five questions, and I uh, wanted to go ahead and submit those for you. Um, if, it, if the sound quality is not so high, I'm actually using my new phone. My headset is um, messed up, and basically um, I don't have another way to record currently. Um, so this is the, the best fix that I could come up with. So um, you asked the question, what was the first firearm that I, that I fired? And um, that would actually be a Bursa Thunder 380. It was my friend's. Um, he just had it as kind of a sidearm. And I hadn't, I'd never handled a real gun be- before, um, with the exception of a shotgun, I think, when I was seven. But um, it was a really bad experience. My... Uh, <laughs> My grandfather uh, had me uh, basically tried to shoot it, and then then it ended up, you know, calling me a wuss because I couldn't pull the trigger. And I don't think it was because I couldn't pull the trigger. I think it was because I was afraid to, because I had literally never held a real gun in my hands before, or even seen one in person. And he just handed me a 12 gauge shotgun and told me to shoot a um, like a it wasn't a ground squirrel, but um, anyway, something that was eating his crops <laughs> out on his farm in, uh, in uh, Tehachapi, California. So the first firearm that I owned is actually um, my daily carry gun, which is the um, Smith & Wesson Model 908. It's in Smith black finish, and I was just wearing off from daily carry, but um, that's the first one that I owned. Um, you said in there it could be either the first one you bought or the first one you received as a gift. Well... Unfortunately, I haven't been lucky enough to receive any firearms as a gift. So, uh, the first one I bought was the Smith and Wesson 908, um, and it's been really good. Uh, it's obviously it's not it's probably not the best gun, but it's great for carry because it doesn't it has a a bobbed hammer, double action, single action. Which I don't know how how well I like that, but I know I know where the trigger is going to break, and so so I know. Um, where to leave it alone, and at least my first shot is double action. If I've shot once, I probably want to shoot twice if it's a self-defense situation. Um, and if I accidentally discharge, I'm pretty sure I'll be able to get my finger out of there before I shoot again. So 
I do like having the double action first. Anyway, uh, your second question was, I've been dropped on an unexplored planet, and I get to bring one rifle and one pistol with 150 rounds of ammo for each. What do you choose and why? Um, and I'd probably choose, actually, my... Um, this is something I'm just now working on finishing putting together, but for my rifle, I'd choose a... Um, an AR-15 doesn't really, I don't know that it matters too much what brand, but with a 6.8 special upper. And uh, there's specific reasons for that. It's a good medium cartridge. I mean, it's not, the only other choice I can think of would be like an M1, an M1A, or an M1 Grand, you know, 30-06. But um, this actually, you know, the, the 6.8 carries similar ballistics to the 308. So it's a fairly good, you know, it could be a fairly good long-range rifle on a good, easy-to-handle, easy-to-clean, uh, for me anyway, easy-to-take-down, and easy-to-repair rifle. Um, most other rifles I don't know much about. I'm not. This is the first and only rifle I've owned. So um, technically I have two uppers for it, one in 5.56 and one in 6.8. So I would take the 6.8, though, because it would be a better long-range than the 2.23 or 5.56. And so I would take that, and then I would also take, um, it'd have to be a Glock 21, um, that or a Glock 20, the 10 millimeter or the 45. I don't know, if I absolutely had to choose, I'd probably take the, the Glock 21, because I can control that with no problems. I, I shoot that better than I shoot my 9 millimeter, so, um, and my 9 millimeter is really accurate. I just, the, the Glock 21 fits my hand, and, and, uh, especially reading some of the torture stuff, uh, torture test stuff I've read lately. Um, that 21 is, <laughs> there's basically no way I could mess it up enough while I was there, especially not with only 150 rounds of ammo. So <laughs> that's what I would take. Third question was, if you could strike down one gun law and enact one gun law, that would be nationwide, what would they be? And I would have to say that the one that I would strike down nationwide would have to be the, I don't know if we can be as inclusive as saying the Gun Control Act of 1968. Um, that would be the one, since it's all comprised under one bill, that's what I would get rid of. I mean, that would do away with the majority of the problems that we have today um, in in terms of licensed FFL dealers and the um, they wouldn't have a basis for the NICS check system. So I guess the the one that I would enact nationwide would be <laughs> to, to reenact the NICS system, um, but probably in a better fashion. I mean, there's something um, that was, oh, I found it on gun, gunlaws.com, uh, which is the, um, the website where, uh, anyway, they had an idea listed on there. Um, for replacing the NICS system with basically a list of people who are uh, unauthorized to purchase. So every every gun dealer would have access. They would have to log in every time and type in your name. And if your name is not on the list, then you can get your gun. You don't have to call in. They don't have to do all this stuff. And the, um, the, the authorities would only update that list so that they wouldn't have any type of thing where they could keep a record and... and stuff like that. So um, that would be one thing that I would definitely um, look for um, in, in terms of enacting because I think it's important that we do, for the purpose of our, of our uh, rights, we do um, maintain 
some level of, of being able to filter out people. So, um, you know, it's Alan Corwin. I'm sorry, gunlaws.com. It's Alan Corwin. I couldn't, I was blanking on his name. I kept wanting to say Dave Copel, but I knew it wasn't him. So I think that would, that would certainly have to be it, but I would enact that. So that, I guess that would, that would fall under enacting a law, a law because it's different than the next system. So it is a new one. And, uh, <laughs> if I could have one dream firearm, and money was not an object, what would it be? And that's a really tough one because I would love a totally awesome, like, fully tricked out, tactical, mall ninja, supreme, AR. But uh, practically speaking, I don't know that I'm going to have a use for that as much as I would a really, really cool concealed carry 1911 with a at least a 10 round mag it's like um i don't know i mean it's it's tough because i don't know all of the 1911s out there but um i really really like a lot of the the uber custom stuff you know um so one that would one that would be concealable but still would have um a 10 i mean a 10 round mag um some nice well rosewood grips and have to be stainless steel. I love the stainless steel. <laughs> I don't know. I even if it's the um, the kind of matte finish stainless steel, not you know shiny. It doesn't have to be shiny. I just like the the look of stainless steel. So um, unfortunately, I can't give you an exact thing. The closest that it, that that I know of that comes to that would be like Sig uh, concealed carry. It's a small. It's it's got the I don't know if it's commander length. Um, Oh gosh, the 1911 guys are going to crucify me. Look, I have a nine millimeter right now. Okay, so leave me alone. No, um, <laughs> I mean I really, really love um, like the Smith and Wesson M&Ps and the Glocks and stuff like that in terms of practicality and everything. But I think it would be awesome to have just a totally tricked out 1911 um, that was as accurate as could be and was you know just fun, fun as all get out to shoot. So. What does the Second Amendment mean to me personally? That's a huge one, and I don't know. It's hard for me to quantify that into words. And um, I think the reason that it's hard for me to quantify that into words is that um, it's had a profound effect on my life. And in terms of, you look at two and a half years ago, I'd never even, you know, with the exception of that, horrendous shotgun incident I never even held a gun at all so and today I, you know I, I'm regularly writing politicians and, um, not currently but was doing a podcast and we'll see that there's definitely plans for that I haven't been bugging Mark about it uh, recently because like I said one of my my headset microphone is messed up and to do another setup, um, my PC is not going to work and so to do it on my Mac I'd have to get some some other equipment um, that I don't have right now, or I'd have to, to play around a lot, and, and I don't know, you know, if I have the stuff that I need for it. So um, I'm working on that, and I will be back at it. Um, as soon as I can get a better recording device than this, I'm going to do a guest host op- uh, episode for Mark. Um, but anyway, um, I'm doing this here because, you know, for time, um, timeliness, I want to give it to Tony so he's not, you know, so he can get it in the show, but he's not holding holding off for me. Personally, to me, it the the Second Amendment is literally the the backbone to the rest of the amendments. I mean, I have a 
I view I view the Second Amendment as the way that we maintain the rest of them. You look at every every society in the in the history of the world that's been disarmed um, by their government. They've subsequently lost any and all rights that they've had. Um, you know, with very very few exceptions. I look at I look at the Second Amendment in terms of it giving me the freedom to protect myself so that I can come home every night to my kids and my wife. Um, and so, uh, and, and it gives me the freedom to teach my son how to protect himself and be a man. Um, I mean, I don't know, it just, to me, it's more about, it's more than, than, than just about firearms. It's really about um, responsibility, respectability. Um, it's really become kind of a way of life for me. Um, so I hope that helps, Tony. This is Matt Long, uh, currently on sabbatical from the Gun Rights News podcast. Um, <laughs> thanks, Tony, and have a great day. Hey, Matt, thanks for uh, sending in your questions for me. Oh, click, 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 click. Hey, Matt, thanks for sending in your responses to my questions. And uh, I know I speak for a lot of people when I say I hope you are able to get back to podcasting real soon. One of the things that I wanted to talk about today was a lot of times we ask ourselves, you know, how do you uh, show somebody who maybe hasn't had a lot of experience with firearms, um, how do we kind of bring them over to our side? And usually the stock answer for that is, well, take them to the range. But, and I agree with that, but what we also need to do is a little bit of prep work before we take them to the range. So let's say if you're talking to a friend at work or even if it's your, uh, your, your brother or your uncle or your cousin or your wife or whoever, you're going to take somebody and have, and have them go shooting with you who we're assuming has never been before. So that, Chances are that that person has probably never held a gun before. Um, so what you want to do before you even get to the range, if they're meeting you at your house, get the firearms that you're going to uh, to be shooting at the range that day. And, of course, in a safe manner, the guns are empty, there's no ammunition present, show them how the firearms work so that if you're using a semi-auto, Show them how it would be loaded. You know, again, you'll say, "Well, we'll push the, you know, the uh, the rounds of ammunition in here. It's inserted this way." Uh, blah blah blah. Same with the revolver. Show them how to load it and unload it. Also, go over with them. You know, the safety rules. Also, go over with them. You know, look. If you're feeling a little uncomfortable, if you feel that there's some pressure, just set the gun down, step back, take a deep breath. We'll sit down and we'll relax. We want to make this experience for them not only uh, to be a very pleasant experience, but also to be very, very safe. We don't want to have any accidents. We don't want to have uh, you know, anything go, go wrong that we can possibly avoid. So uh, again, that's just a little something to think about, you know, that when you are taking somebody out who's maybe never done that, uh, if you're going to take them out to an actual range where there are range officers, there's going to be a lot of, um, oh, I guess for lack of a better word, there's going to be a lot of, well, rules, but there's also going to be a, a kind of like a gun 
gun range etiquette. There's and, and as people that are experienced in going to the range, there are just certain things that you do and don't do. Uh, and those things will need to be explained. If you're taking a person to an area, what I call uh, is an open range, where it's, it's, it's set up you know, with backstops and benches and things, but there are no range officers, that's going to be a little different as well. Um, but again, there are still certain rules there that if other people are there, uh, again, kind of that gun, the gun range etiquette that you're going to follow that somebody who is brand new isn't going to know. Um, also, if you take them out into the, uh, to the, I guess you could say like a wilderness area, either out to the woods or the desert, just make sure that you're in a safe place. Make sure you're in a place where it's legal for you guys to be. Um, but again, the whole thing is just to make that, that first experience for them very enjoyable. You want to make it to where they want to come back. They want to shoot again. And once you get somebody shooting and involved, you know, then they get a stake in it. You know, it's something that they say, well, you know, I went out and I shot and nothing bad happened. And I'm not a bad person because I, you know, I held a gun and shot a gun. Um, and so it, it gives them more kind of pause for thought when they hear a lot of the negative stuff that comes across on the media. Um, now, Kind of moving on to um, another subject, uh, I talked with um, Stan the other day, and he helped me out with stuff, and this is a Stan from the uh, the Gun Dudes podcast, and uh, I'm going to soon be entering into the world of reloading. Um, I've got, uh, you, of course, you can't hardly find anything. Um and I kicked myself because I was going to, about a year ago, I was thinking, well, I should get into it. And I just kept putting it off. So now my press is on back order. I went the other day was and looked for uh, powder and primers and some of the components that I'm going to need. And they're just, they're, they're not out there. You can't hardly find anything. So I've got some of that stuff on, on back order. Uh, so hopefully I'll let you guys know as, as I, um, uh, once the stuff comes in and how, how I, uh, kind of my adventures in reloading, I guess, for lack of a better word. But anyway, as many of you guys know, uh, the guys over there at the gun dudes and, uh, and myself have been going, going back and forth, kind of doing like little bits where we tease each other and stuff like that. And while that's a lot of fun and I get a lot of enjoyment out of it, it's also a lot of work. So, um, and I think, uh, I'll give you a little bit kind of the, like behind the scenes stuff. A lot of that, you know, even for a, uh, you know, a two or three minute bit can t- sometimes take anywhere from, you know, three or four hours to kind of sift through everything and get everything the way you want done. So, um, I may do some more in the future, but I'm probably going to, um, take a little break now. Uh, from that stuff for a while. But now, now having said that, if you listen to their last show, um, let me just play a little bit of this and this will sort of be my parting shot. Um, and for this, I really didn't have to do much work. I think this, these, these clips kind of speak for themselves. So anyway, uh, give these a listen and, um, after you hear the clip, I'll come back, do my contact info and then we'll, uh, we'll call it a day. Listen. Listen, I'll do I'll do things my way, okay? Because <laughs> all I got clothes. with me is baby powder, yeah. and I don't think I have enough baby powder unless I lick my skin first to get the stick. 
Meow, meow, lick myself, meow. Meow, meow, talcum powder, meow. If that ain't the cat's pajamas, I don't know what is. You have that sultry voice. Thank you, Carl. I just have to watch you. (laughs) Closely. Meow, meow, lick myself, meow. Well, I guess if I'm going to retire, that's probably the best way to go out. Uh, I don't think I could ever top that. So, if you would like to contact me, please feel free to drop me a line at firearmscafe at gmail.com. Again, that's firearmscafe at gmail.com. Also, if you would like, you can leave me a message over on the forums under Firearms Cafe section. And uh, don't forget, if any of you guys wanted to do your own version of the uh, five questions, um, you can do it a couple of ways. You can either send me um, an MP3 file, and I'll be happy to play it on the show. Or if you don't want to do that, you can um, write them down just in an email, and I'll, I'd be happy to read them out in the show. Uh, anyway, uh, that's going to wrap it up for today. And uh, as always, stay safe and stay informed, and we'll save a seat for you at our table at the Firearms Cafe. Meow, meow, lick myself, meow. (laughs)